This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, we're, we're traveling to Frankfurt now. Um, of the places we're traveling to, Frankfurt had the most uh, robust um, Yiddish presence. It had an extraordinary line of Rabbanim, very different, and more than anything else, um, we're going to discover that the power of the Kehillah in Frankfurt was extraordinarily. The uh, Kehillah, the people who are the Russian Kahol, were extremely strong, strong-minded, and a, a, lot of, a lot of the events that happened there uh, are explained by it. So we'll start our story, Frankfurt, with the Pnei Yeshua. Pnei Yeshua was the Rav in Frankfurt. Pnei Yeshua was born in 1681, and it was nifted in 1756. Now, the Pnei Yeshua, in, in terms of people learning, the Pnei Yeshua's farm are a landmark of a certain type of pshat, and he um, and his rabbonus was complex. He was a rav in Lvov, Lvov which um, he was born in Krakow. Was a rav in Lvov. Lvov is is, is Lemberg, depending on who happened to be in power. And there was a big fire. Um, that destroyed his house, his family, his wife, and some of his children were killed. It was a devastating um, fire that really, really um, destroyed a lot of the town. And he himself was buried under a lot of rubble. He made a, sh a nether that if he is saved from the fire, then he is going to write a svarim. And he said miraculously, a uh, path opened up and he was able to come out unscathed personally. But he did lose a lot of his family. Um, you will see it in the, if, you have the, uh, if you have the booklets, I printed it. It's in the Hakdamat of Yeshua. He himself writes the story and he writes about the event and how he Made a, uh, uh, he was Makabah himself to put out this farm as a schus. He then was a rav in Berlin, and until he paskined, not like one of the wealthy families in town. Um, I, this is going to be a hallmark. He was a person that was like Sikur and Mahish, he wasn't scared of anyone, and he paskined against one of the wealthy and powerful people there, and obviously he had to leave town. He went to Mitz and finally ended up in Frankfurt, which was the biggest kehillah in Ashkenaz. He was um, very, very, um, he was uh, well known and taking the, the Rabbanis in Ashkenaz in Frankfurt meant that he was recognized as being from the Gdoli Rabbanim in the Dar. Once again, there was, a, he got into a big fight with the Parnassim of Frankfurt. 
the Frankfurt had a standing um, minhag. Minhag, I mean psakhalacha, that anyone who was a koyan could not stay in the town overnight when they had a nifter. The reason was because the roofs were was very crowded. The roofs um, were very contiguous, or it was felt that there's a chash that is contiguous, and therefore it might be all an ohel, or he might invariably run into Thomas ohel. Be it as it may, the Pnei Yeshua overturned the psak and said it's mutter. He looked at it, he looked at it carefully, he felt it was a tremendous tercha and not needed. Um, the the, the, uh, the uh, fathers of the town did not like that, and they um, and therefore they made his life miserable. And some other things also. He was not scared of saying what he felt was emis, and therefore he um, he did not have a good relationship with them. The final blow was when he came out against the. Um, um, like we mentioned before this morning, <coughs> or yelled last night when we spoke about the Rabbanim that were against Rebbein Saibashitz, he was possibly, after Yagbemden, the leading rabbinic figure who came out very strong and very sharp against him. And that was not the opinion of the, of the Parnasim of the Kehillah. And they, might, they made life so miserable that he had to leave Frankfurt and subsequently died out of Frankfurt, outside of Frankfurt. Now, throughout history, in many different instances, the Frankfurt killer was a Hashem Kehillah. The, um, the sort of called the, the, the Hashuvim of the city were very strong-minded. There was no get to the Kaliva get, which we might speak about at some point. There was no get to many other issues. And they were... Um, not easy to please. They held firmly to their views. And even somebody as big as the Yeshua, they disagreed with and, and made life untenable for him. But he left um, the uh, he left town. Now, the um, he had one Talmud, who we will talk about in greater at great length, possibly tomorrow or today when we have more time. That was with Nelson Adler. And we're going to see a fascinating continuum. In, in many ways, the history of the town and the history of Germany owes an awful lot to Rebnus Adler, who was an enigmatic person. But he learned by the Bnei Yeshua, which means he was coming from a place that was as chash as could be. Rebnus Adler was a, was a Goyen Olam, and the Bnei Yeshua was and a tremendous kanoi for any deviances. And Rebnos uh, Adler came from there, and yet his anhogis were unique, and we'll talk about it uh, sometime later. But um, I want to speak about somebody else who was taken as a rav later um, in Frankfurt, and that's the Hafla. So, um, we, we uh, so the Yeshua is a Rav in Frankfurt that's renowned, and Reb Adler was his Talmud. The Hafla was a Rav chosen for the city of Frankfurt, 
what made the Hafla, what made it strange, and we'll find out in a minute, was that he was a closet chassid. Frankfurt did not take kindly to deviances in Anhaga, and Rabbi Adler suffered a lot at the hands of the Parnassim of Frankfurt. The Rabbanim, and we're talking about the Chashva people, this, this wasn't the Lola Shem Shem, just all Shem Shem Anhaga were all extremely big kanoyim, but the hafla was a chassid, classic chassid, and um, we'll explain how Ashkocha had it. There was a big fight about a get, cleaver get, and I'm not going to go through it now, maybe some other time if we have time or not, but it, it was a get that was written, cleaver, and there was a question if there was a, a, a chassan, or not a chassan, he was married for a while, a year or so, I, I believe a few months, a year, and he was, he was clearly somebody who had <laughs> mental health issues. He, um, you know, he, 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 he thought people were persecuting him, and he had depressions. It, 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 whatever we know of it, it does sound like he had some mental health issues. Bonnie McCleaver, what Miss Saturday get? A bottom in Frankfurt passed the get. And this created a huge fight um, about this get. And it's, it was one of those fights that, that swept through Europe, Rabbanim pro and con. Now, um, the, the, what's one thing historically that's unclear is what standing did Rabbanim in Frankfurt have? It was a get written in a different town by a different Besden. Usually, but the dinim will stay very clear. They certainly have no standing to just intervene in someone else's affairs, and certainly get them very careful. Whatever reason they interfered, it created a huge machloikas over Europe. And um, basically, the Kehillah in um, the Kehillah in Frankfurt decided that one of the requirements for the next Rav in Frankfurt is going to have to be somebody who did not um, who did not side on the wrong side in the cleaver get. And so Repinus Horowitz was that person. He was born in 1731, which means 20 years, 25 years before they show was Nifta. He um, was Nifta in 1805. His brother was Reb Shmelke. Reb Shmelke is famous for his nigan, obviously. And Reb Shmelke in Nikolsburg is a big demus in Deutel They were born in Shortkov, and he learned by the Gura a bit. He was, I don't know how much he actually learned by the Gura. Nobody learned by the Gura per se, but he was from the boy base of the Gura. And then he got he got caught up with the Maggit. Um, the Maggit of Mizrich was the was the biggest Talmud. And he was the Rabbi of Alatanya. And the two brothers, the two Horowitz brothers, Daflor and the uh, the uh, Shreb Shmelka, both of them became Talmudim of the Maggit. If you want to know in what regard he was held, Baltanya has a letter to him after, when he was jailed, after he was jailed, asking him to please the Bispal on him. That was, that was the relationship he had. 
what's extraordinary is that there is not a mention anywhere in the Hafla's writings, and he wrote Panem Yafis on the Torah, there's not a mention there of Chassidish Rebbe's anything. There's one place that he mentions, Hey, Hey, Mem, or Shetavis Harabah Magid. That's it. And it actually is in the Gnag's farm. There's some Chassidim Taina that this farm was censored. But it's a Pella, it's a real Pella, that the Hafla himself was somebody who was, um, who was, uh, uh, he was one of the Talmidim of the Hebraic Kadisha of the Moshan, of the Magid, together with the Balatanya, together with Rav Shmelke, together with everyone. And, and yet, he, um, there's nothing mentioned. It appears that in Frankfurt, uh, they had either reached an agreement with him or he understood himself that Hasidus doesn't go. They were extremely mad on, on anything, anybody outside of the mainstream. And um, again, either by agreement or whatever it is, they decided, he decided not to mention it. But it's a Pella. Here's somebody who was at the heart of that Chabura, someone close off to Baltanya, well, Baltanya writes to him that he is going to, uh, that he's going to be, he should be misspelled for him, and yet he did not have any, um, there was no, there was, yeah, there was no mention of any Exodusha Torah, of any Exodusha Rebbe, of anything like that. Um, he writes in his Hagdamatara law, he writes a beautiful, beautiful um, compliments to the city of Frankfurt. He writes, he writes a bit of his story and says they, were, they took me as a rock in Frankfurt the mine. He says, um, they took me from a faraway place. I realized it's Ashkacha Pratis. Kashbarah was with me till he brought me here. Tranquility without any fights or issues. I found a wonderful city full of Chachamim Seifrim. The, these are Ibayrim, Tzaylim, Umayim Adirim, and so on and so forth. Yeshiva Chashuva, Veniskavim, Leidas. On and on about how it's only Schosavis that he ended up in a place as wonderful as Frankfurt. Veleshevon, Mechayin Shevos, Veseyin, Zalagarinim. And that I should sit in a place where such big Gainim were there. And he thanks Akash Baruch for this. And, uh, and so on. And he says that the, the, the Chidujan that he came up with in Shiva, he's now going to publish. And so it definitely um, is, is, is something that is extremely, um, it, it, it's an extraordinary love for the city. Frankfurt was a city full of Tamir Chachamim, a very, very strong city. Yiddishkeit, which makes it all the more jarring when a generation later it begins to fall apart. The Hafla is somebody who is one of his Talmudim was the Chassam Seifer. Chassam Seifer was a Talmud of Nasadla, one Talmud of Neishua, and he was a Talmud of the Hafla, which, um, and he quotes him, does, does not quote him 
with the same regard as Rabbi Adler, but he quotes him. Um, I'll say over a word that I saw from um, the Hafla that Rechsam Seifer quotes, and Rechsam Seifer is in this ball tremendously. It says, Harbi also And the question is, why not? If the Rebbe if the Derech is so chashev, so big, why, why did it work for many people? So the Hafla said, Rechsam Seifer quotes him, he says, They were imitating Reb Shemri It wasn't them. Reb Shemri derech is not a derech where you can imitate. It has to be him. And if it's not him, then you, then, then you can't just do what he did. It's like somebody, I, I said this in, in the context of Reb Chaim Kanievsky, um, if somebody wants to do like Reb Chaim Kanievsky as a chassid or Rebbe, it's not a derech for a It has to be who you are. So he quotes that floor, he said, Harbi the merm is meduyak. They did when they said, Hin in Muhram Zuman, to do like Shabbin Choyah. And Echsam Seifer writes on this, Medivri pi chachum chayim. Incredible, um, Incredible spilos from the Vart because of its if it's emis. So this is a backdrop in a sense to Frankfurt. Frankfurt was the strongest, most vibrant Torah center. It was a kihil of the Ferris. Everything about it was um, amazing. They were very strong in terms of not letting deviances in. We'll see when we talk about Ibn Adla how difficult it made his life. And the Haflor um, was upset with some of those Anhagas. They were very strict at a Yekish and very strict about what's, you know, what to do, not to be Mishanim and Hogim and Hogim Fanfan and so on and so forth. And yet, not long afterwards, things fell apart. You know, it, 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 the, the, the abyss between him, um, who was in the, in the early 1800s, in 1805, was Nifta. To what the city looked like by the time Shafafar came around was unrecognizable. Um, and, and we're talking about the Igaram of the Biramik, that we're talking about a city that had been so hush and so big and, and, and gone. It's, it's one of the things that should cause, cause us uh, trepidation. No matter how big and strong and well developed the Torah community is, there are no guarantees. Al Kapanim. I wanted to speak about Frankfurt before it fell apart. These are two giants that um, were simply, um, they, they were the embodiment of the level of Torah that there was. The strength of the Kehila and the Parnassia Kehila, who were big Balintaira, not just wealthy rich people, but big Balintaira. The fact that it was had such a strict sense of not allowing any deviances, changes, etc., and um, and the story that will follow, Ritz Hashem, when we talk later, at whatever point about the next phase in, in, in Frankfurt's development. Okay, we'll hold it here. Was it clear? You can hear. It was... No, that was. I don't know.